This is Brian Oaks, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Erskine, Minnesota. We are pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan, along with Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor. Canada's farmers produce more wheat, canola, barley, corn, soybeans, and oats in uh, this year compared to last year. Statistics Canada says higher production was driven largely by better yields, especially in Western Canada. Total wheat production rose by 52% to 33.8 million metric tons. That's the highest since 2020 and the third largest production on record. Canola production increased 32% to 18 million tons. Yields increased by 38% to 38 bushels an acre. Harvested acreage was down 4%. Corn production was up 4% to a record 14.5 million tons. Harvested area was up 4% to 3.6 million acres. Soybean production up 4.3%. Barley production up 43%. Total oat production was up 86% year over year. Intelli Farm President Brian Voth says the December Statistics Canada had a couple of bullish surprises. Canola production not as large as traders were expecting but 18.2 million tons. The trade estimate was 19.3, and in September, with the last estimate that they came out with, they were 19.1. So substantially lower than both the last estimate and versus the, or sorry, the last number and the estimate for this report certainly should help out uh, support canola prices. It's going to mean that the balance sheet stays tight through the rest of the year. And the wheat production number was the other bullish surprise. Total wheat production was put at 33.8 million tons. Uh, previously, we were at 34.7, and the trade estimate was at 34.8. So again, about a million tons lower than the trade estimates and uh, roughly a million tons lower than the, the previous government estimate as well. So should also you know, help support Canadian wheat prices. Golki Group President Jerry Golki says Thursday's renewable fuels volume announcement caught the soybean industry by surprise. They were really blindsided by that, and I think it's, it's not so much um, that uh, uh, what they said was what they didn't say and that it wasn't good enough uh, that more would might have been expected given the current administration's uh, you know slant towards the, the green movement and type of thing, which would have meant maybe more support for, for those biofuels. Adding canola as a biofuel feedstock is a bright spot. Canola will be a, a feedstock, and of course, uh, palm oil always has been. And then of course, if, if you go to McDonald's, you can you can you can use their uh, cooking oil as well. But the problem lies in in, in in logistics and distribution. It's a lot easier to build a soybean oil processing plant and bring in a unit train of soybeans, process the oil. You've got it there, but it's real difficult to run around with a truck and try to pick up oil out of McDonald's. With harvest wrapped up and crops off the field, farmers need to look at what's next for storing or contracting those corn and soybeans. Northland Community and Technical College Farm Business Management Advisor Betsy Jensen expects the outlook for corn and soybeans to be quiet 
through the end of 2022. So if farmers are expecting something big before the end of the year, I think they're going to be disappointed. December is typically not a real exciting time in the commodity markets. Um, there's just not a lot going on. We watch South America a little bit. Um, China, of course, is making headlines all the time. Uh, the big date's going to be in January with their when the annual report comes out. We're going to see some fireworks on the day of that annual report. I believe it's around the usually between the 10th and the 15th. I can't remember right now. Uh, but that's going to be an exciting time in the corn, wheat, and soybean markets. So keep your eyes on those dates. Jansen says farmers need to take a look at how much profit or loss is happening with those stored crops. So one thing that we're dealing with this year that we haven't for a long time is interest rates. And they have, they've really... I don't think farmers are aware of how much it's costing to store their crops. And so sometimes it is cheaper to sell the crop and reown with a call option. Those are strategies we haven't really done because holding the physical product hasn't been that expensive because of low interest rates. Things have definitely changed now. And so I do encourage you, I know NDSU has a calculator online. Almost anyone has a storage calculator. Do the math and figure out how much it's costing you. And if that exceeds how much you think the market's going to rally, that's great. If not, you need to dump that physical commodity. There's a minor storm system crossing the upper Midwest region today. National Weather Service Aberdeen meteorologist Scott During says to expect strong winds up to 50 miles an hour. Cold front's already kind of works its way across most of the Dakotas and getting ready to push into uh, western Minnesota. Temperatures are falling fairly quickly behind the uh, cold front, dropping you know anywhere from 5 to 7 or 8 degrees at one time. Across western North Dakota, actually into part of north central South Dakota, temperatures already dropped into the uh, single digits. And this cold front is bringing some light snow with it. Not expecting a lot of snow with it, generally over like one to two inches. Some thoughts could see up to worse than three inches, but uh, with the strong winds associated with the frontal boundary, seeing gusts of 45, maybe 50 mile an hour at times this afternoon. Heading into the weekend, there's no sign of snow in sight. The weekend looks fairly dry for, for our area. It's like uh, a good part of South Dakota for the weekend. We'll see highs on Saturday kind of uh, in the uh, 20s, lower 40s possible further west. Much of North Dakota, though, will probably stay in the teens in the lower 20s. And same as for uh, Minnesota, probably the teens for the most part for Saturday. But then we do get some warmer air trying to move in for Sunday. Uh, most of South Dakota will be 30, 30 degrees or warmer. And across North Dakota, you still have some good snowpack up that way. So cooler temperatures, probably in mid-20s for the most part. And then northern Minnesota, uh, low to mid-20s. The latest U.S. drought monitor shows decreasing drought through across the United States. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says total drought coverage is down slightly. I actually saw drought coverage decreasing about 5.3 percentage points between November 1st and November 29th. Our drought peak in November, that 62.78 percent of the country, that represents the highest U.S. drought coverage since October 2012. We decreased from a record high coverage on November 1st, 85.3 percent of the country either dry or in drought, and then saw a decrease to 79.8 percent by November 29th. That is a decrease of 5.5 percentage points. While the general area of the country experiencing drought is down, drought is expanding in some areas. For more information from the Red River Farm Network, visit Facebook and Twitter. You can also find stories, podcasts, and more at rrfn.com. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. 
With supply chain issues that aren't perfect, CHS Executive Vice President of, of Country Operations, Rick Dusick, says conditions have improved. A lot of freight rates, like on containers, have eased a little bit, and it just feels like product availability is less of a concern. Um, what is still a concern, though, is just uncertainty around the globe, um, you know, particularly around fertilizer prices, but also some crop protection. And, uh, and then, you know, you, you can't really get through any conversation about production agriculture without just looking at the weather. I mean, and the conditions out there. I mean, you know, there's a, a large part of the United States that is in some level of drought which is a big risk for all of us in, in the ag space. When glyphosate and glufosinate was in short supply last year, farmers took possession of the product as soon as it was available. In many cases, growers purchased one to two years of inventory. Yeah, well, you just outlined a great challenge of our, of our jobs is, is to try to understand that. But, you know, uh, you know, the way we succeed is by engaging, engaging with our customers and our growers, and, and we can get a pretty good handle on it. And we do, we spend a lot of time you know, trying to forecast to make sure we have availability, but not too much. And of course, over the period of the last 12 or 18 months with the supply chain issues, that's become, you know, a little bit more difficult. But, um, you know, just through good engagement, we can typically narrow it down to, to, uh, to like, like, let's say, put ourselves in an acceptable position of risk. Sugar growers joined together yesterday the joint annual meeting of the Red River Valley Sugar Beet Growers Association and American Crystal Sugar Company. American Crystal Sugar Company President Tom Astrup says the biggest holdup in expanding sugar beet acres is their processing rate. The, the bottleneck is processing capacity and, and our objective every year is to have a crop that's big enough to maximize our processing capacity. Now it's agriculture. The variabilities in that crop from one year to the next are such that it's, it's really hard to really match your processing capacity every year. The last two years, we've come, we've come pretty close to, to matching our processing capacity. But that is the bottleneck, is processing capacity, maybe the, the help of Mother Nature to get us the volume that we need. And therefore, to, to grow, we need to be able to increase our processing capacity. A. Strupp says expansion costs are increasing with inflation, so expansion has been slow moving. Well, the way we're addressing it is we're standing up to our challenge. We are investing in our plants. We have increased our capacity. Uh, our throughput through our factories is at, is at record rates, so we are investing. The reality is the cost of expansion in these manufacturing plants is incredibly expensive and it's complicated. So therefore, it takes a lot of money and a lot of time to achieve relatively small amounts of growth. But we are, uh, we, we have been growing our processing capacity over the last five, six years. Red River Valley Sugar Beet Growers Association President Neil Rockstead says growers at yesterday's meeting were in good spirits following a sugar beet harvest that produced several records. As a company, we took in more total tons than we've ever taken in. Uh, that's simply because we planted a few more acres, not necessarily because of record yields. The sugar content is, is nice and the, the market is strong, so everything kind of came together. Everybody's pretty happy. We've got beets in the pile in good shape. Rockstead, who farms near Ada, Minnesota, says farmers are still worried about input costs. You know, I think in all of agriculture we keep talking about input prices, and that is real. Uh, we have firm markets, but are the markets going to hold to support 
the outputs or the, the input costs, the, the cost of, uh, of all the goods and services that we need to produce this crop. That's a big concern to everyone and of course weather going into spring. Last year we started out quite wet and it was late and we were concerned and that carried us. This year we could be starting out dry or we could be one rain away from it being way too wet. So weather is always an uncertain one. U.S. Class 1 railroads originated 27,000 grain carloads during the week ending November 19th. That's up 11% from the previous week, 8% more than last year, 11% more than the three-year average. USDA's weekly grain transportation report says the average shuttle secondary rail card bid and offers per car were $445 above tariff for the week ending November 24th. That's $218 more than the previous week, but it is $63 lower than the same week last year. For the week ending November 26th, barge grain movement totaled 751,000 tons. This is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture. Let's catch up with Ag Week reporter Mikkel Pates. Mikkel, what do you have for us on the cover of Ag Week? This is a story about the uh, year-end planning for uh, equipment purchases. We looked in on uh, Lake County International at uh, Madison, South Dakota, where they're celebrating their 60th year as a family uh, enterprise there, and they're, uh, you know, looking at uh, the ups and downs of, uh, you know, costs of uh, inputs and prices and availability of equipment, but also a strong uh, general uh, financial picture for farmers. And so they're looking for a strong uh, finish to 2022 uh, for people buying equipment. The pipeline of equipment is not what it was a couple of years ago. And so this is a COVID and, you know, shipping and all these other factors that fit into that. I think that the, the key is that they've gone through a lot of ups and downs in agriculture, including the, in the 80s. I think Jeff Bloom there, the uh, one of the partners with Tom, his brother, was saying that uh, he remembered in the 80s when his father told him, uh, you know, here's a check, but don't cash it right away. <laughs> but uh, things have, you know, go go up and down in agriculture, and, and they seem, uh, you know, optimistic. They've got a couple of uh, grown sons, uh, each of the brothers that uh, have work in the business and are looking forward to uh, a future there. So, it's but it's also one of those one one store dealership groups. So you have kind of an unusual situation in today's ag implement uh, picture. Well, sounds interesting. Looking forward to reading about it next week's Ag Week. And let's check numbers here before we leave you this afternoon. We're 13 to 15 lower in Minneapolis wheat, 19 to 21 in the winter wheats. Corn's 8 to 13 lower. Soybeans trading 6 to 7 cents higher. Canola off to the races here. We're $38.20 a metric ton higher. Uh, live cattle uh, trading uh, 35 to 50 cents higher. The feeder cattle trading uh, 95 to a buck 40 higher. And lean hogs are trading down 55 cents to a dollar 10 higher. Thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend. This is the Red River Farm Network.